Hey, freaks, it's Friday, May 19th, 2023. Coming up on the program today, margaritas are the key to getting your girl to agree to have anal sex. Plus, sexual fat phobia. Are you a bigot? One fat woman says yes. The Vagina Museum has a new celebrity tampon exhibit. And why you shouldn't masturbate with hot mustard. I feel like the reason is pretty obvious. Distorted View Daily proudly presents uh, questionable parenting. I'm naked with my kids. I have sex in front of my kids. I'd never be ashamed of sex. My son be breastfeeding. I'll be making love to his mom. That's me, bro. That's how I get down around kids. I try to keep their purity. I don't want to take their purity away by covering myself up. They're going to be ashamed and cover they self up. And I'm pure at heart. So you can think in your mind, if I let another kid here, I'm going to have to change the way I am so that your kid could be comfortable around me. No, I'm going to be naked as fuck in front of your kids. My son comes up and grabs my penis. I let him grab my penis. I had sex with his mom. I'm making love to his mother. After I'm done, I'm laying there chilling. He grabbed my penis. And he's playing with my penis. I let that happen. It's the Distorted View Show with Tim Hansen. Mrs. Butterworth is twice as thick and it's made with horse urine. Stuff my fucking asshole. That's it. Stuff the fucking shit box. A lot of uh, hot liquid poo just went out all at once. Get Yes, Tim Henson back here with you one more time as we end the week with the Friday show. Got a great program for you. You know, one of the worst things about getting old is uh, it's just like a constant struggle to accomplish anything. Getting out of bed is hard. You're just like slower in general. And if you turn the wrong way, you might throw your back out. Your eyes start to get all shitty. You can't read stuff. You need glasses. Everything's a struggle. Not all of it has to do with uh, aging, though. Some things are just inherently worse now than they were 10, 20, 30 years ago. Do you want to know what my biggest battle is every day? Turning on televisions or monitors. Yes, this is another installment of Old Man Tim tells you how great it was in the 90s. Seriously, back then you would turn the TV on and you would hear click or sometimes bang. Yeah, something like that. And then the picture would just display or it would fade in or something. You got some instant feedback. Today, when I turn my computer monitor on, like the the button is on the bottom of the frame. You, You don't even see a light when you turn it on. Then the screen just remains black and I'm like, am I on the wrong input? And I'm hitting the button to get to the inputs and nothing's happening because like the monitor has to boot up. And the button to get to the part where you can select the input is the same as power on, power off. So I'm just pressing this button over and over, hoping I'm going to get to the selection screen because I think I'm on the wrong input. When in reality, I've hit the button one too many times and I've turned off the monitor. So I press it again and then I have to wait. Some monitors and televisions now have a, a sound when you when you turn it on. So you have to wait through that. You like you press the power button and it goes. Ah, it just seems to take forever. And then like the device that's connected to the HDMI port that you're currently using is like asleep because the television has been off. So that has to wake up too. And then, the, of course, the TV's not recognizing that device because it's not on or it's booting up or something. So it switches to a different input. It just takes fucking forever. Why it do that? Why is technology like that? Fix that problem. LG and Samsung, get your shit together. Now that I got that off my chest, we can actually get into some content. We have featured Brother Jed and Sister Cindy a few times on the podcast over the years. Sister Cindy has become quite the celebrity on TikTok. For those of you that don't remember her, she and her brother travel to college campuses to preach, hoping these heathen university students will repent and find Jesus. Students will repent and find Jesus. One thing that I have found strange about Sister Cindy, and there are a lot of strange things about her, is... She seems to have this war on Mexican restaurants. She's always warning people not to go there. Fajitas and chimichangas apparently are a gateway to hell. Don't ever, ever take a college girl to a Mexican 
Now, unfortunately, this video ends right there. It's just kind of this vague warning. But then I found another video that I think is related. If you buy her one margarita, she will spread her legs. And you know where you get margaritas? Mexican restaurants. By the way, I know Sister Cindy is thinking, I'm really reaching these kids. I've got a huge crowd of them listening to me. I'm a hit on TikTok, but none of them are considering turning their life over to Jesus. They just scream and applaud anytime you say things like, buy a girl a margarita and she'll open her legs. Woo! That's what the kids are responding to. And by the way, it just gets more wild. If you buy her two margaritas, she will pounce right on your penis. You're saying a lot of stuff these kids like. I mean, Sister Cindy could be a rock star if it wasn't for that, you know, Jesus freak attitude of hers. By the way, I don't think Sister Cindy really cares because she is selling a boatload of merchandise. I think that's where the real money is. She travels to these college campuses, say, you know, she says all this crazy stuff. Gets the kids all riled up about drinking margaritas and hopping on dicks. And then she sells her I ain't a ho no mo t-shirt for 20, for 20 or 30 bucks. What she really has is a t-shirt merch business. The preaching is just incidental. All right, so we're up to three margaritas. What happens after four? <laughs> yeah, the kids are losing their mind here. confirm four margaritas is the magic number for butt play believe it or not something else happens after five margaritas she will strap it on and peg you the college kids actually seem to like that too the next generation really is more progressive, huh? This street preacher knows a lot about sex. Ramming it in assholes, grabbing dicks, pegging. Sounds like a pretty cool lady. Because there is so much Sister Cindy content out there, I've got a few more short clips here. I am here to do some good old-fashioned slut shaming. Yeah! Yeah! I don't know why you're all applauding. She's talking about you. You're the sluts. She does drop a lot of truth bombs, as uncomfortable as it is to hear it. Everybody knows these hoes ain't loyal. <laughs> That's a bunch of dudes applauding there. I can get behind that. Yeah! Stop the war on Don't you start talking about anuses. While sometimes she does make a good point, you know, about hoes and stuff not being loyal, uh, it's easy to forget that she is certifiably insane. There are vampire hoes all over this campus. Okay, vampire hoes. I think she's she's still talking about the vampire hose. You know, what is their modus operandi? It's kind of hard to hear, but she said the next thing they're going to do is squeeze the life out of your testicles. Oh, instead of sucking blood like normal vampires. Do you know any whores that want to repent? Yeah, okay. Are you a homo? She's got the read on a few of you. He doesn't even like enchiladas. <laughs> there it is with the fucking Mexican restaurant shit again. This is like the strangest thing about Sister Cindy. Did she get like food poisoning from a Mexican restaurant once or something? She's like on a mission. She's There's a vendetta here. She wants you to buy her a 
Margarita! Dude, you're in danger. Next thing you know, she's going to be on top of you, ramming her fake cock in your tight pink little hole. She certainly doesn't, like, talk like a preacher. She wants to titty whip you. Yeah! She knows how to get the crowd on her side. I guarantee you, if she would just drop some of this insane Christian stuff, she would have a massive gay following. The queers eat this act up. It's like what happened with Tammy Faye Baker. Some of you younger freaks might not know, but Jim Baker, remember the food bucket guy, that Jim Baker, his first wife was Tammy Faye Baker. And they started the um, PTL club or whatever. One of those like religious broadcasting shows. Scammed people out of tons and tons of money. Tammy Faye wore a mountain of makeup, just caked on, had a funny voice, basically looked like a drag queen, but she never really said anything against the gays and they loved her. If you're loud and you have a funny voice and you look like a clown and you're nice to the gays, oh my God, you've got it made in that community. Sister Cindy even one-ups Tammy Faye because she has no problem talking about anuses and titty fucking. It's always the guy's fault. Now we're driving women to lesbianism. Sister Cindy is all over the place here. Here she is just listing some STDs. Woo! Oh, no one's screaming yay for that. Oh, you never know when these kids are going to whoop it up. Well, there you go. Just a little Sister Cindy update. She's a real celebrity on TikTok. Y'all should be following her. Moving on, let's turn our attention to the Discord for just a second. I got a shout out to uh, Haley's Comet for providing a link to an old ass CNN news story. This had to be from like the 80s or 90s. I had never seen this before, but uh, it's pretty funny. Originally, it was set down as a traffic barricade. Now the only people it stops are worshipers. People are worshiping a traffic barricade. And this isn't happening in some backwards shithole country. No, no, no. This is happening right here in our shithole country, the United States. The, the, The barricade doesn't even look special. It's just like this concrete cylinder with like a domed top. It's just, you know, just this big thing that's supposed to keep people from, you know, driving where they shouldn't. Hindus come from around the world to worship before it. (laughs) It's time for our yearly pilgrimage to Atlanta to worship the traffic cone. It's like if people started thinking those uh, those big red concrete balls in front of Target were mystical. They're orbs of power. They will grant you wishes if you rub it. You know what I'm talking about in front of Target? All those big, huge balls that are basically used to keep people from driving into the store. Pretty much what what's going on here. It was once a granite traffic barricade at San Francisco's Golden Gate Park. It's now revered by thousands as a monument to the Hindu god Shiva. <laughs> Mystery solved thanks to Jim Wofford. Four years ago, he moved the stone there as he's done with hundreds of stones in his job as a crane operator. We would just place it there in case they wanted to put it somewhere, maybe for a traffic barricade. Or... Jim is now being referred to as the Hand of God. Or in an entrance to a building. Or... Soon, local Indian nationals noted the stone's phallic shape could be seen as the symbol of the Hindu god of power. It does kind of look like a dickhead. I love that there's a cock angle to this story. Soon, local Indian nationals noted the stone's phallic shape could be seen as the symbol of the Hindu god of power, Shiva. Yeah, and they're like, they're they're putting flowers on the tip of the concrete dick. They burn incense and offer milk and honey. Cool water and cool milk. Yeah. That's he like. Now yeah. some devil. The penis likes chilled milk. <laughs> want the site dedicated as a permanent temple. I mean, if someone wants to come into Golden Gate Park and bow down to a stone or to a tree, that's their or a traffic barricade. This is we could care less. But no temples on city property. The video cuts off there, but I think he's trying to say no temples on city property. Terrence Bohannon, CNN, San Francisco. <laughs> clip from the discord here and let me just preface this by saying uh you know the thing about 
sexual attraction is one, it's subjective, right? Everybody likes different stuff. I think we can all agree what turns you on might not turn me on. And two, sexual attraction can never conform to a politically correct or quote unquote woke narratives or ideology, right? Because we look at someone and we say, oh my God, this person is so fucking hot. I want to dick them so bad. I just want to stick my cock in all of their holes. It's objectifying a person. That's, that's what being sexually attracted to someone is. And that's okay. It's like biology or something. We're hardwired this way. My dick gets hard looking at midget amputees with freckles. And only midget amputees with freckles. I can't control that. It's certainly not. Uh, politically correct to say I'm only attracted to X because then what does that mean? You're excluding a bunch of other people who are going to get offended that you don't think they're attractive. This is just like one area where there's never going to be a level playing field or equality. You can't shame someone into wanting to fuck you. It doesn't work like that. That brings me to my next clip here (laughs) that has apparently set me off. Uh, This person doesn't really have a username. They just have an emoji of like a mountain or something. So thanks, mountain. I'm not even going to spoil anything here. Let's just play the video. Hi, my name is Denali Rashatwar. I use she and they pronouns. Well, you, you already know we're in for a real treat. We're not five seconds into the clip and pronouns are coming out. And by the way, it's the most annoying pronoun combination. She, they. I'm a woman, but I also want to be considered non-conforming because, you know, that's the fad right now. Because I identify as non-binary and I'm popularly known on Instagram as the fat sex therapist. Many of you already know where this is going. I am a super fat, queer, bisexual. Okay. Non-binary. Awesome. Indian American, second generation immigrant, documented non-practicing hindu all right you win the gold medal in minority she really was one of the best contenders of the winter oppressed games she goes on of course documented non-practicing hindu i'm sorry if you're documented that's like privilege right because there are so many people who are not documented that want to be documented you have what they want you're the oppressor Non-practicing Hindu, lower caste, oh. upper middle class, East Coast for life. Okay, you're, you're stretching now. You're not practicing a religion doesn't make you a minority. Me being left-handed is is more of a minority thing than just not practicing your Hinduism. Jersey girl. Being from Jersey is a handicap. Okay, I'll give her that one. Um, cat mom. Okay, okay, listen. Let's get to the point of this video before I lose my mind. Uh, She also states that, you know, she does have some credentials. She's a clinical psychologist or something. I am here today to talk about why fat phobia is not a sexual preference. Before we go into any content, if just upon hearing that statement, you ask yourself. What the hell did she just say? I don't understand. Actually, it's okay to not be attracted sexually or physically to fat people or not wanting to date fat people yeah. doesn't make me fat phobic. Well, we might need to talk about that. I got news for y'all. You're asshole bigots and y'all need to learn how to want to fuck fat people. If your dick ain't twitching when a morbidly obese person rolls by you in a mobility scooter, congratulations, you have hate in your heart and you need to fix that. Otherwise, you're no better than a white supremacist. So let's get into it. Yay. Anytime we are working through unraveling internalized fat phobia, it can feel almost like a knot wanting to be unraveled. And it's helpful to know. I'm sorry. I feel like you are not allowed to lecture us on this. You're too close to the situation being huge. I am a super fat. I'm sorry. I'll use your preferred words. You're not huge. You're a super fat. 
Let me just fast forward to the point of the video here. The fact of the matter is that our sexual preferences are not hardwired. Uh, they're actually really socially conditioned. We do have some control over the fluidity of those preferences. The problem with a fat person lecturing us on fat phobia is it, it certainly gives off a pick me, pick me vibe. Trying to convince us all to want to find this person attractive, you know? If you're going to tell me the list of reasons why you don't date X person for Y reasons. Oh, well, see, I would never do that to you because I don't owe you an explanation. I would never in a million years give you a list of reasons why I don't, uh, you know, I'm not sexually attracted to something or some some reason. I mean, I, I do get, there is like a sliver of a point here where because of maybe your upbringing or what you've been exposed to, that may shape certain things you're, you know, you're attracted to or not attracted to. But even that doesn't hold up a lot of times. There's been so many like countless stories about like um, white supremacists or like KKK guys who end up like falling in love with a black person and renouncing all of the hate they were, uh, they, you know, they grew up with and were taught. Say that you're fat phobic. Say that you're anti-black. Say that you're struggling with some type of racism against a certain nationality or ethnicity. Uh, let me know that you're xenophobic. Let me know that you're transphobic. If you can't find a masculine looking dude who is in the process of feminizing himself attractive, you are transphobic. I mean, come on. She's basically listing uh, all of the ways you can be a shitty person if you're not attracted to these groups. Let me know that you're struggling with some misogynoir. Let me know that you don't take date people with addiction because you are really affected by addiction stigma. Maybe you dated a crack addict in the past and she stole all your money. Now, all of a sudden, you're not attracted to that cracky look, even though they tend to be thin. Sometimes you can see the bones through the skin. I mean, it's certainly a look. Let me know that you're horophobic and that you don't date sex workers. If you would never consider dating a smelly prostitute because she's a smelly prostitute, you're a bigot. Now, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of uh, nice smelling prostitutes. But if you won't date someone just because of how they smell, you're an odor phobic. And yeah, you're a piece of shit. Let me know that you're anti-native and that you don't date indigenous people. Let me know that you're anti-Dalit, the Bahujan or Adivasi and that you do not date people who are not upper caste. I don't even know if I'm sexually attracted to that type of person or not. It's never once crossed my mind. I wonder what cast they're from. I'm asking my dick. My dick's not twitching one way or the other. I don't know if I'm attracted to someone in a lower class or higher class or cast or whatever. I, honestly, my penis is confused right now. Too many questions. You're lobbing at it. Uh, Hindus. Let me know that you are actually really like elite classes and you don't date poor people. Um, let me know that you're actually super ableist and that's why you don't d date disabled people. Let me know that you're a super duper Islamophobic and that's why you don't date Muslims. Look, freaks, I think uh, we all have a lot of growing to do. Your homework this weekend is to fuck someone from one of these groups that she just mentioned. I called dibs on a disabled Hindu from a lower caste. That's what I'm going to be working on. Ooh, I'm going to bone her real good. Assuming I can lift her out of her wheelchair and position her correctly. I mean, I don't know how mangled she's going to be. Or not. I, I don't know. It's, it's what I can find. I don't know how many disabled Hindus from a lower caste there are in Cincinnati, but I'll be on the prowl this weekend. You know my plans. All right. Call into the voicemail line and let me know uh, your success stories. Uh, let's move on. Oh, uh, TNGG in the Discord provided a, a short clip here from Pornhub. This is called Fart Condom. I like this because it's not just, uh, you know, a video of a woman farting. That's typically what you get with these fart fetish videos, right? This one, she actually tries to do something with her farts. Want to see me blow condoms up with my farts? I don't even think that, that you can do that. Mm. <laughs> Okay. Well, she did it. I'm trying to figure out if there are any special effects in this video because she she literally did blow up the condom with that uh, very loud extended ripper of hers. I just have a hard time believing that's real. I mean, it makes me want to try it myself this weekend. I'm sure I've got some condoms lying around here. <laughs> 
I mean, the trick, I think, is to really position the base of the condom, you know, the opening, uh, real tight. It, you know, you got to create a seal so uh, no air escapes. And I, I don't know how she's doing that. Oh. Well, she's letting some of the air out. Oh. This is a different condom. I said this is a different condom she's using. So loud. She's got that shitter mic'd properly, that's for sure. Okay, okay, Jesus. She's very talented. I mean, this is obvious. Okay, that's a wet one. Um, this is more of a visual thing. But, uh, yeah, she's really doing it. She's blowing up. <laughs> I love the squeak. Uh, she's blowing up the condoms. This is from the website uh, evafarts.com. I don't know how she managed to snag that domain. That was amazing. That's not the word I would have chosen. I was thinking more uh, gross. She's back at it. Okay. Well, if you want to see more... Or more importantly, hear more. Check out evafarts.com or catch her next season on America's Got Talent. Ta-da! Apparently she has some tough competition. She ain't the only fart bitch in town. This woman blew out a, a birthday candle with her ass. Mm, hey guys, I did it! <laughs> yeah! Who wants to watch me fart all in this cake? Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, something came out of her ass with that fart. Didn't look like shit, but it was definitely like a clear liquid. Oh, fuck yeah, that feels so good. Well, now she's just... Oh, yeah, how many of you dirty perverts want to eat this cake? Cake farts were all the rage a few years ago. Glad to see it's making a comeback. That last fart video is from uh, EFUCK's most recent compilation, Eight Awkward Moments in Porn, which includes uh, some Japanese guy squirting hot mustard or wasabi paste onto his penis. And then he starts jerking it. I think he's saying, ooh, that's spicy. It feels warm. What happened is some of it uh, touched the tip of his dick, like his dick hole entrance. That's smart. He had a cup of water that he dipped it in, but that didn't work. And then you hear the shower turn on. Basically, the same thing happened to DV listener Window Liquor when he masturbated with Origel. Although, in addition to a heating up, things also went numb. I don't think he ever regained full functionality to his penis. I mean, he wrecked that thing. Rest in peace, Window Liquor. I don't think he's dead. I have to be careful when I say rest in peace because my listeners are dropping like flies. Along those same lines, also included in that compilation is a, a furry who's about to be anally penetrated and their partner uses some sort of warming lubricant and she has an adverse reaction to it. Now the furry is the woman, by the way. She's in a, a fur mask, like a wolf or something. <laughs> oh, that burned. What is that? That's a warming lube. Oh! Ah! 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 That burns! That That's her collar clinking and making noise, I think. That burns! What? Oh, 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 Christ. What the hell? I don't What? what? <laughs> That's like putting Chipotle sauce in my ass! Why did you do that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> sounds like he did get the lube and the hot sauce packet mixed up. The final short clip from the compilation, and I urge you all to check out uh, all of these clips and more over there at efucked.com. This one involves a, a trans woman just looking for something to fuck. Mm, maybe I can find something. Something I could stick my dick in. I guess it's raining outside and she's just looking for something to do to pass the time. Maybe I'll stick my dick in something. 
Well, that voice is way too high for her. Maybe I'll stick my dick in something. It's like she's not even trying, but okay, whatever. She's going to fuck something. She finds a watermelon. Sounds like maracas. But that's like the squishy squish of the watermelon, you know? She's got a very powerful dick penetrating that thing. This is the biggest watermelon I think I've ever seen. Big watermelon, big trans woman, big dick. I hate when I see a female with a bigger dick than myself. That's an ego killer right there. All right, well, she's enjoying her watermelon. I'm glad she found something to fuck. Uh, and with that, let's get into the crazy, bizarre twist to the fucked up news right now. a member of the Distorted View Sideshow. Shame on you. I'm going to start sideshow shaming people. And you call yourself a freak. You're not one. You're not a true and honorable freak unless you sign up for the Sideshow. Become a member today. When you do, you'll gain access to the entire archive of programs. I've been at this since, oh my God, December 2004. I was just a baby back then. Like straight out of the womb, I was podcasting. For the first couple months of the show, I was actually inside of my mother. The audio wasn't great back then. It was very muffled. It smells so bad in here. Yes, even before I was born, I was odorphobic. More importantly, every week I do brand new exclusive shows just for paying freaks, typically on Tuesday and Thursday. This week was no different. If you want to hear those episodes and more, again, sign up right now. All major credit cards and PayPal accepted. Memberships are very inexpensive, only $6.99 a month. You get access to a special password-protected RSS feed. You just plug that into most podcasting apps. Typically, if they work with premium feeds or ones that require username and passwords, you're good. Like Overcast, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast. There's instructions on how to get that all set up over there at superfreaksideshow.com. Although, if you happen to use Spotify or Apple Podcasts, there's an even easier way to get access to new Sideshow episodes. You can sign up right in those apps. Just a tap or two, bing, bang, boom, you're in. The new Sideshow exclusive episodes will appear right alongside the free episodes in your feed. It makes it very simple. For more information on all of this, uh, check out distortedview.com and superfreaksideshow.com. Finally, there is one last way to continue supporting DV. We've got a Patreon account, patreon.com slash distortedview. You can pledge as little as a dollar over there. Every little bit helps. If you pledge at least five, you get access to a special voicemail line where I will play your calls first. Because normally, you know, on the standard voicemail line, I'm about seven years behind in these calls. So this will you know, bump you up to the front of the line. And we do have some patrons calling in today. So we'll get to those in just a few minutes. But first, let's do the news. I'm so enthused about the news. I'm so enthused. Dumbest song ever. <laughs> I love it though. To write more stories, I'm so enthused about the news. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. First story I have for you. To well, Satanists are upset. I mean, by their very nature, they seem like a bunch of doom and gloom people. I guess it's not super surprising they're upset about something. Uh, the story comes from Chicago. Local Satanists are raising hell. Get it? Uh, with a new lawsuit alleging the city is barring them from saying Hail Satan at city council meetings. Well, yeah, that's religious discrimination right there. The lawsuit filed this month by the Satanic Temple. They're always suing people. They're very, they're, they're a very litigious group. Anyway, they say the city violated the religious group's First Amendment rights by excluding disfavored minority faiths from giving an invocation at the start of city council meetings. During the invocations, religious leaders remind lawmakers to, quote, reflect upon shared ideals and common ends before they embark on the fractious business of governing. That's a quote from the lawsuit. More than 50 local religious groups have given invocations in front of city council since the Satanic Temple, Illinois, first inquired about giving one in December 2019, said Minister of Satan. <laughs> Minister of Satan, Adam Vavrick, citing publicly available meeting minutes. Vavrick said public officials repeatedly ignored his follow-up request to give an invocation, 
Officials told Vavrik they were reviewing the information provided in January 2020 and still working on the request as of March 2022. Yeah, kind of sounds like they're stringing him along. Thank you so much for your interest, a clerk's office official wrote in an email to Vavrik in 2021. We will be in touch. Guess what? They were never in touch. Vavrik said his request has been stuck in purgatory. Get it? And he said he had no choice but to file suit. Quote, I think the choice to ignore me was the hope I'd just go away. Vavrik said, if we can just ignore a Satanist's request purely because they're a Satanist, then we never believed in equal access in the first place. A mayor's office spokesperson said the city does not comment on pending litigation. Alderman Daniel Laspeda, who Vavrik said uh, he spoke to about the issue and uh, who is copied on emails, said he could not comment on pending litigation. But he did say, once I learned that he wanted to end his convocation with Hail Satan, it ceased being something I could support. For all of my desire to be inclusive, that would be a betrayal of my personal faith. That was in an email obtained by Book Club, which I guess is some sort of news organization over there in Chicago. The Satanic Temple is a federally recognized religion. There are congregations across the United States and more than 14,000 members in Illinois alone. Maverick said it should be allowed to solemnize city council just like every other religion. Members do not worship Satan or any higher or lower power, but they reclaim the symbolism of Satan as a rejection of arbitrary authority imposed on people with identities marginalized by other cultures and religions. That all sounds well and good, Mr. Vavrik. Very progressive of you. But tell me, are you sexually attracted to Hindus of a lower caste? Huh? I don't think you are. You fucking bigot. No jagu for you. You don't deserve a jagu jagu. Although doesn't jagu kind of mean wake up? Well, you need to jagu. Wake the fuck up. Vavrik is co-congregation head of the Satanic Temple, Illinois, which has about 100 active members who meet once a month and have organized highway cleanups and drives for menstrual products. The benign nature of the group has not stopped public officials across the country from imposing roadblocks to invocation requests, with similar lawsuits moving forward in Baston and Scottsdale, Arizona. An invocation given by the Satanic Temple in Alaska in 2019 led to a walkout of some officials while another in Texas was given on Tuesday. Liberal Texas is at it again. Little footnote here, the Satanic Temple, Illinois, previously were able to add a holiday display in the Illinois State House Rotunda. I want to see a picture of that. I bet you it was tastefully done, right? It was next to a nativity scene and a menorah and a show of religious pluralism. There you go. Satanists are suing the city of Chicago. Second story we have for you today. This one comes from Germany. Officials at a hospital in Western Germany have expressed uh, regret after it emerged that one of their surgeons got a cleaner to assist in a toe amputation. Now, the way he should have assisted was uh, by cleaning the toe before the surgeon amputated it. That's what cleaners do, right? I think it went beyond that, though. Public broadcaster SWR reported Friday that the incident at the Mainz University Hospital, which happened back in 2020... It was a crazy time back then, you know, coronavirus. Everyone was short-staffed. The guy needed his toe amputated, so a janitor stepped up to the plate and helped out. Come on, he should be commended for going above and beyond his pay grade. All right, yes, this happened in 2020, and it didn't result in any complications to the patient. Yeah, so come on, let it go. All's well that ends well, right? The doctor has since been fired, though. I'm more worried about the janitor. The hospital's chief executive, Norbert Pfeiffer, said the surgeon wrongly decided to go ahead with the routine procedure, even though no qualified assistant was available. I told you this had something to do with COVID-19. When the patient who had received a local anesthetic became restless, the doctor asked a nearby cleaner to hold the man's leg and pass surgical instruments. Oh, he wasn't even doing anything. It's kind of like when you're younger and you're helping your dad out, working on the car or fixing something in the house. You're the gopher. That's like, hand me the screwdriver. Phillips head, hand me the wrench. Hold this while I jiggle the thing. Give me the pliers so I can rip this guy's toe off. You know, same vibes, really. So he held the dude's leg and uh, passed surgical instruments. The paper reported that the cleaner had no medical experience. Well, you don't really need it just to hold up a leg. 
The incident came to light after a hospital manager spotted the cleaner, bloody gauze pads in hand, in the operating theater. It should have never happened, the German news agency quoted Pfeiffer as saying. So uh, the surgeon was fired. No word on if the cleaner still holds his job. And uh, finally today, freaks, this is a bit of an update because we have talked about the Vagina Museum before. I don't know if any of my UK listeners got around to visiting it. Apparently it's in London or was in London. The Vagina Museum, I guess, has been facing some hard times, and earlier this year they were forced to shut down. Take a look at the featured image over there at distortedview.com and superfreaksideshow.com to see uh, what an exhibit looks like at the Vagina Museum. I think this is a, uh exhibit on menstruation, specifically a way to collect crimson pussy juice. There's a big tampon that's covered in blood. The blood, by the way, is like sparkly. I think they use glitter and also some diva cups. Is that what diva cups are? What? There, there's two different kind of cups. There's one like cup that you're supposed to use if women want to um, pee standing up. And then there's another cup to collect menstrual blood. I guess you have to go to the exhibit to find out which is which. Uh, the world's first vagina museum, which was forced to close earlier this year, has located a new home. When we are so weak for a penis that we'll do any and everything to get a penis in the mouth, in the rectum, in the vagina, and they know how to manipulate it and use the muscle and turn into all different types of positions and perform oral sex and anal sex and give the man twosomes, threesomes, whatever he wants or allow him to be with other men as well as her. They think that is vagina power, but in many ways it's vagina weakness. I mean, the penis and, and the testicles have no discretion, y'all. The men are wrong. I mean, these men are giving dick away. We got to guard, honor, and protect the sanctity of the vagina. There really should be an Alexis K. Tyler exhibit. There should be a whole fucking Alexis K. Tyler wing to the Vagina Museum. The London-based attraction must raise $105,000 by early June in order to secure a six-year lease on the new property. So far, they've raised about $53,000. So, you know, they're doing their thing. The museum says it is a now-or-never situation and fears permanent closure if the funds are not raised. Florence Schechter, director of the Vagina Museum, said this is crunch time. We have every faith that we will meet our fundraising goal within this time frame. Things have been touch and go for an emerging museum in a pandemic and a cost of living crisis. And we have so far risen to every challenge we have faced. Yeah, people love cunt. Guys, am I right? Let us all salute the vagina. It began in 2017 by hosting pop-up exhibitions before opening in Camden Market in 2019 with the exhibition Muff Busters, Vagina Myths, and How to Fight Them. Last year, when it moved to Bethnal Green, it hosted the exhibition's period, A Brief History, and From A to V, which looked at gynecological anatomy and activism. That doesn't sound like fun. I want exhibits like uh, Pubic Hair Throughout History. You know, how ladies were styling their muffs in the 1600s or the Great Depression. How about an adventure in pussy lips? I think we need to devote some time and energy to, you know, the, the, the variety of pussy lips. How about clit month? I really feel like I should be in charge of the exhibits. I could really spice things up, get people excited about uh, potential exhibits, you know? It seems like this museum was moving around a lot, too. It was a pop-up, and then it was in Camden, or Camden Market, and then they moved again. You gotta, you gotta plant. Plant that pussy down so people can find you. The museum was asked to suddenly vacate the premises in Bethnal Green earlier this year as it was under a property guardianship scheme. Since it opened in 2019, the museum has seen more than 175,000 visitors. Nearly as many as your typical porn star would receive in a year. Decent numbers, nonetheless. All right, there you go. That, my friends, is your distorted news for Friday. Let's do a couple voicemails and get the hell out of here. Well, I love to hear from you freaks. And, of course, there are many ways to contact the show. Show at distortedview.com. I'm all over social media at distortedview on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash show. And don't forget, we've got a Discord where all the freaks are hanging out. Uh, use the link on the main navigation bar over there at distortedview.com 
as your invite in. You got to click on that link to get in. All right, uh, let's check in with some patrons hey, here. Hey, Tim, here. Uh, Kong's a bit of an angry call because I got to call it the fucking decoy Jew for being a real fucking piece of shit. Like, oh my God, imagine being... Voicemail Wars! So, like, such a fucking pansy that you're still broken up over uh, April Fool's joke in the middle of... I'm still unclear what happened. The, you guys changed his pronouns on his bio or something to something, I, I don't know. May. <laughs> like, that's where he's starting with, and then he uses that to complain about, like, long-term freaks not only, like, not really being around anymore. Well, guess fucking what? Like, I remember when fucking Haley's Comet was calling in back in, like, 2006. Like, my God, I just turned 30, and I'm listening to the show for four... Like, since I was fucking 14. So I think I qualified to be a long-term freak. And I remember people calling in right now that are super active in the Discord way before the fucking decoy you. Like, this <laughs> fucking guy is the fucking most self-absorbed piece of shit. And not only that, but it's actually kind of fucking hilarious that he accuses other people of being, like, uh, of acting way funnier than they actually are. Because I remember, it, 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 it's like the fucking decoy. They wanted us to pretend like he didn't do that shitty ass freak second rule cover of three second rule. Like, that thing was fucking. It was so fucking awful that it actually. I don't even remember that. Other freak second rule to try and outdo him, which I guess is a good thing, except for the part where he was constantly calling in, begging you to play his shitty ass song, even though you played <laughs> it multiple fucking times. It wasn't good, and he insisted that it actually was really good. It's. Oh my god, wow. fuck this there, guy. There is some anger going on in the Discord. For the most part, it's a pretty chill place. <laughs> oh god. Hi there, team. I've been listening to your podcast for... Well, this uh, sounds like a real accent. Four years now. Hmm. I've called in a couple of times and one call you didn't believe me, but back then, this is now... I'm paying you 50 bucks, and I have a need for mead. And I'm wondering, <laughs> what does mead feel like, knowing that his name is an old alcohol? Oh, that is a good question. You know, mead is very anti-alcohol. Mead is an old-timey alcohol that I've only had at Renaissance fairs. Well, that's not true. There was this place in Columbus that had really good mead. I think it was, was it Brother Drake's meat or something like that? It was really good. They had a bunch of different uh, types. I purchased several bottles. I was a mead guy for a while. And then one day, Lord Douche and I went to the, the meadery and uh, my old roommate Topher was working there. I mean, I'm sure this interests absolutely no one, <laughs> but, you know, I have a connection to mead there. Not, of course... The Mead Skeleton. Uh, next time I talk to Mead, I'll ask him how he feels about that. I'm sure he'll be like, well, I wasn't named after that. I was named after my, my great, great, great grandpappy who fought in the war and hated Negroes. You know, I'm, I'm sure that's who he was named after or something. Some slave owner. You give me boo, Tony Prolapse. I fucked up my first one. Um, it's Saturday. I have two, two things to say. Oh, one, great. I would love to hear the rendition of Ave Maria. Secondly, oh, okay. I'm going to be 30. Wow. I have been listening to you for 15, 16 years since I was in... So you've been listening to me for more than half your life. Seventh grade, so yeah. So like, you've known me more than you haven't known me. Yeah, either way. Wow. Half of my life, I've been listening to And I just wow. want to say thank you, Tim. It's been awesome. I am a fucked up individual. Um, it's, it's, I wouldn't have it any other way. This is who I am, and I love you for it. Thank you. You are a fantastic podcaster. Love having you in my life, and vice versa, I'm sure. And thank you for you know being being here for over half my life, getting me through some tough times. Yeah. And, uh, I think I've been doing Distorted View now for over half my life. Uh, making me laugh when no, no I'm one older. else could. You truly are a gem in this topsy-turvy world. All right, Timmy. Blast meat clocks. All right. Uh, and finally, let's do one more here. 
Yes, caller, go right ahead. Hey, Speak. Tim. It's great, Big Pete. Uh, I'm just Big following Pete. up on the whole corn on the cob asswipe subject. Yes, we learned yesterday from someone who uh, actually lived on a farm or something uh, that uh, the way you would wipe your ass with a uh, corn on the cob is uh, it, it was after the corn is off of the cob. So you're not you're not wiping the corn kernels, the nubbins. Uh, along your butthole, it's, uh, you know, the husk. That we've been kind of talking about yes. a little bit, and uh, I had some time to consider it and try a few methods, and I yeah. wanted to share with you what I've learned so far. You went to the grocery store looking for uh, corn on the cob that you can wipe your ass with? So as far as the question for goes for the corn on or off the cob, I tried it with the corn off the cob and found it really rough and uncomfortable, but effective at shit removal. Right. Then. That's that's the method I would go. Mm-hmm. If it's a little uncomfortable, that's fine. If it means getting your ass cleaner. I tried it with the corn on, and it was more tolerable, but it wasn't effective, as effective as... As I suspected! Cleaning the residual dookie. So then I changed techniques, and I wiped it along the crack from front to back, because I'm not a dirty Jawa. And it worked well. Maybe it's like uh, how you're supposed to brush your teeth. You know how you're supposed to do it kind of in a circular fashion? Corn on or off. So uh, that's it. Well, there you go. uh, A definitive answer. I've learned so far. Anyways, if I have more news about this, I'll give you a call and leave a... Keep experimenting. Voicemail and... uh, Very important research. ...that I've got for now. Love you, big guy. Take care. Your podcast is amazing. Oh, thank you. Um... Have a big one. Great Big Pete obviously the has a podcast of his own called Great Big Pranks. You should all subscribe to that if you like uh, funny, phony phone calls and telephone tomfuckery. Thank you for the call. Everyone calling into the uh, voicemail line, both the Patreon line and the uh, the normal line. Keep them coming. That's all the time we have on this edition of the show. I want you guys to email me. Show at distortedview.com. Distortedview.com is our official website. Voicemail line for you, 206-666-4463. That's 206-660-GOD, is it? Oh, God. He will grab your penis Hell and yeah. ram it right up her anus. Spread the distortion, STD, tell all your friends about the show. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or like wherever you can rate and review podcasts. It really does help the program out. And guys, thank you so much for a great week of programs. I could not do it without you. I'll be back on Monday to do it all over again. Until then, bye, everybody! Scribe.net.